Ed Sedano. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. And don't miss Sedano and LZ back on Monday at 4 o'clock on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm still quelling. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Love it. Today's topic is a fascinating one, near and dear to my heart, because it reminds me of climbing up ladders with my dad, the carpenter, putting up roofs, carrying those 80-pound sacks of shingles with a tool belt. I was, it was a great moment in my life when he got me my very own tool belt with a, a loop on it so that I can put my hammer through it. I felt like I was a cowboy with a gun in a holster. Well, let me tell you, 80 pounds is heavy. But I remember that day he told me, it's heavy, Robbie. But the right way to carry something is you swing it and throw it up on your shoulder. And when it's up there, you then can climb up the ladder. Imagine telling your son to climb up a ladder with an 80-pound sack of shingles on your shoulder. That was my dad. It was the happiest days of my life was being able to do that with him. So roofs are a big part of my life. And with the rain that started and hopefully will continue here in L.A., I needed a gutter. So I was given the name of the elite gutters and sheet metal or elite sheet metal and rain gutters. Vince Perillo. I called them. They said, Dr. Clapper, is this Dr. Clapper from the Weekend Warrior Show? Yes, it is. Whatever you need, Dr. Clapper, that's what we're going to do. And I talked to them about the gutter that I needed on my house. And it brought me back to how, I don't care what you do for a living, but if you have passion in what you do, I'd love to talk to you. And in order to get that gutter to do its job so that it gets the water off the roof and into the right spot, you need to harness gravity, the slope of the gutter, and how it will get the water properly so it's not spilling all over the place, is using a machine that isn't a machine, using an energy that you can't see. It's invisible. And I can't wait to get into it at 8.15. But it made me think all week long about art, sports, and my world of surgery where I use gravity. I did a, a shoulder arthroscopy this week. Labrum was torn. Rotator cuff was torn. And there was a big rock floating in the joint. And then when I looked inside, it wasn't floating. It was stuck into the synovium. And I had to use every trick I know in the book to get that rock out of the shoulder. And I did. And he's going to do great. But the way I do shoulder surgery, arthroscopically, different than other surgeons, they use a pump, which always breaks and always have some kind of, not always, but oftentimes it's got some kind of problem. The nurses hate it. They love when I come to do surgery because I don't use a pump. I use gravity. I hang the salt water in the bag high and that's enough for me to inflate the joint to do what I need to do so I never have a problem with a pump because I never use a pump and I thought all week well when you can use gravity no matter what you do for a living you see a whole different world so where in sports do you see that world of gravity that's invisible and can harness it It'd be better than other golfers, for example, because that's what I thought about was golf, putting a golf ball. And nobody did it better in my lifetime than Ben Crenshaw. So listen to Ben Crenshaw take you through. He's not going to use the word gravity, but he's going to use the break of the green. 
the slope of the green. That's how he's going to describe how he's using that invisible force. Reading greens is not the easiest thing to do. Even a Seve Ballesteros will occasionally misread a putt. But even if you only play on weekends, you can develop the basic skills for reading putts. Study the green carefully. Determine your speed first, because that in turn determines your line. My pro-am partners will often ask, Ben, how much is this putt going to break? And my response is always, how hard are you going to hit it? So when lining up your putts, always think speed first. Because you are going to use the speed of how hard you hit it, depending on the slope, the angle, the pitch of the putting green. But that's gravity. That's what determines how that ball's going to go in the cup. First and foremost, always be alert. When walking up to the green, take note of your surroundings. If there's a body of water nearby, your putt will generally break towards the water. If the green is elevated, it will generally drain well, making it firm and fast. If the green is set in a depression, the reverse is true. If you play on Bermuda greens, you must determine which way the grain is running. Going with the grain, your putt is likely to be faster than it is when you're putting against it. Once you hit that ball, it's like there's an invisible motor in the golf ball. And the energy to get it moving is gravity. How fast it will go. The firmness of the green, the angle of the green, that's gravity. How can you tell which way the grain is running? Well, if the grass between your ball and the hole is shiny, you're probably putting with the grain. If the grass is dark, you're probably putting against it. As you walk around the green, you can feel the firmness of the surface with your spikes. And this should tell you a lot about the speed of the putt. The speed of the putt. You can hit the ball with the same smack, but it will go faster or slower depending on whether you're going uphill, downhill, or to the side. He's not saying gravity, but it's there, even though it's invisible. And pay attention to your playing partners. Now study your own putt from in front and from behind. Your job is to accurately determine the slope of the green and how it will affect your putt. So get down and low. You'll get a much clearer picture of the slope if you look at it from a variety of angles. And I always play the high side. That is to make sure I play enough break. As I stand over the putt, I try to visualize the entire path the ball will take from the time it leaves my putter until it drops into the hole. Now listen to what he tells you next. It's just like building a gutter. It's just like building a Roman aqueduct. Using gravity as a channel. Don't see the golf ball going on a line, but see the line, a lane, as wide as the golf hole. Now I find that most golfers are too line conscious, and they think of the line as a quarter inch track from the ball to the hole. But don't forget that your ball can fall in from anywhere around the cut. So your line isn't a line at all. It's a lane that's as wide as the cut. If you get your ball rolling down that lane at the right speed, you're going to make some putts. Rolling down. That's gravity. How hard should you hit your putts? On fast greens like those here at Tucson National, I want to hit the ball just hard enough that it dies into the cut. On slower greens, I can afford to be a lot more aggressive. So I'll hit the ball with sufficient speed for it to roll a few inches past the cup. Finally, don't be afraid to trust your own judgment. Indecision results in missed putts. After you've made up your mind, give it your best stroke and don't look back. Mm. Where in the world of art do we see harnessing gravity, the invisible force? Thousands of years ago, the Romans figured it out. The city of New York pumps most of its water from the Catskill Mountains using gravity and hydrostatic pressure. But how did the ancients do it? Well, actually, they did exactly the same. The first aqueducts were built by the Minoans 4,000 years ago. But it was the Romans who brought the system to perfection. This aqueduct in Istanbul was probably built by the Emperor Valens in the 4th century AD. And it's 140 miles long. 140 miles long. No machinery. No electricity. No engines. No pump. Just gravity 
from the high ground to the low ground, the Romans figured out how to have the perfect angle to use that invisible force, not too fast, not too slow. Now, you might think there's nothing particularly high-tech about these massive stone structures, but they are, in fact, incredibly precise feats of engineering. The descent has to be exactly right, not too steep and not too shallow. The engineers who built this had to achieve a drop of only 52 feet for every mile the water traveled. Not 40 feet, not 60 feet, 40 feet too slow, it'll clog, it'll back up. 60 feet, it's too fast, it'll spill over. 52 feet, can you imagine? Here in Pergamon, the engineers had to be even more inventive. They had to find a way of making water flow uphill. You see, the problem with Pergamon is that it's a thousand feet higher than its nearest source of water. However, what the engineers of Pergamon knew was that water will always find its own level. So here's an experiment to demonstrate that. Whoop, there's a few air bubbles, have to jiggle it around a bit, and then it eventually finds its own level. He's using a glass tube that he made into the shape of the letter U. He fills one end of the hollow tube, and sure enough, the water goes down the tube, along the bottom, and on its own, the water goes up on the other side of the letter U to the same level. That's in essence what you have to do. If you have a village that's a thousand feet up on top of a mountain, you just need to find a lake 50 miles away if you have to that's at the same level as that village a thousand feet up. You build an aqueduct, the water will, without a pump, rise and go up a hill. So all they had to do was find a source of water the same height as the city. And they found it in those mountains over there, 16 miles away, beyond the Japanese tourists. They piped the water down the mountain through 27 miles of tunnels, canals and aqueducts. By the time the water reached the lowest point, the pressure behind it was 20 times the force of gravity, and that pushed the water uphill. In fact, the pressure was so great that clay pipes would have burst, so they made the pipes in this last section of lead. These cisterns supplied the entire city. Every home on this dry mountaintop had running water, complete with taps, 2,000 years ago. Mm. How much water were they moving? We could figure it out. Listen to how many millions of gallons to to basically feed a million people living in Rome 2,000 years ago by harnessing that invisible energy of gravity. How much water came into the city of Rome? We have some estimates, we have some statistics from Frontinus, but we don't understand always what the measurement system was that he's referring to. So what we can estimate, what we do have the various scholars that have looked at the material, suggests up to one million cubic meters of water float into Rome at its height, when you have 11 aqueducts working. What is that in gallons? That's over 264 million gallons of water coming into the city of Rome daily. Wow. What are aqueducts? How does the system work? The Romans take a water supply, natural springs, or even part of a river, and put them into an artificially constructed channel and lead that channel of water into the city of Rome by gradient flow. The majority of the channels built by the Romans for their aqueducts are underground. Wow. A mere 5% of the 500 kilometers of channels appear above ground. And when they do appear above ground, like for the Aqua Claudia, they are impressive, they are majestic, and they are a sign, a distinct sign, that Rome is in charge and Rome is not afraid of attack. Because you have these water sources, these channels that are going to be going in to take care of the population, visible, and it's very easy then to cut one of those arches and cut the water supply. So when the Romans do build them above the ground, they are Fearless. Fearless. They don't, they're not fearful of attack, showing you where their water's coming from. After selecting a water source, river, or springs, a channel is dug and is leading all the way into the city of Rome at a very slight grade. On average, around a five meter drop per kilometer. This is why we marvel at Rome 
This is why we're impressed with the engineering. It is so precise. It had to be precise because if they didn't keep that continual gradient flow going, the water would never reach the city and all that expense and all that labor would have been for nothing. Using gravity, understanding the engineering, the subtlety, too much of an angle, the water goes too fast. Too small of an, en- of an angle, it backs up. The same thing Ben Crenshaw learned when putting the golf ball. The speed makes a difference because of the gravity and the slope of the putting green. Same thing for true, is true for me in surgery. How to harness it? Well, my guest is an expert in how to steer water by using that invisible force of gravity. I can't wait to talk to him. Coming up next here on the Weekend Warriors Show, we'll be talking to the great Vince Perillo. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. And don't miss Mason in Ireland back Monday at 1 on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. That's right. Mahalo. Aloha. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Ahui hoy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Free Fallen, the force of gravity. I'm so excited to talk to my next guest because he's an expert in Free Fallen, the great Vince Perillo. Vince, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. And with the rains, you must be, like, so busy now putting up gutters on people's roofs all day long. Hey, they finally came in. We're looking forward to it and a lot more, hopefully, next week. <laughs> yeah, we need the rain. <laughs> yeah, so, Vince, definitely. teach us a little bit about your journey in life. Of all the things you can do with one's life, how did you end up deciding that, yep, I'm going to put gutters on people's roofs? It was fate. It was just a calling. It just it came naturally, and uh, the, the opportunity arose, and I ran with it. So tell us, teach us a little bit, because some of the listeners may not understand. What is a gutter? Why do we need gutters? What do they do? Well, what they do is they protect the interior and the exterior of your home. I mean, it's uh, it, it, look at it as a barrier, as a shield. Uh, you buy a new car, you want to get a wax. You want that paint looking nice and shiny. Same goes for your house. Mm. You want to control that water. You want to control where it's discharged. You mm. want to use gravity. You, you want to pitch it and have it exit, uh, you know, uh, not near the building. You want to get away from your building, your structure. Hmm. Whether that's you know commercial, residential, hotels, uh, you want to get that water away from your house. It's no hmm. good. Is there a unique aspect to your job because you're in Southern California where it mostly does not rain a lot? So do you, do they get clogged more from dirt and then all of a sudden it rains and it overloads them? Different than well, someone in the Northeast. Fire. Yeah, well, and you got fires, too. You know, uh, a lot of ash, embers, you know, travel uh, many miles. Summertime, you got uh, all that buildup mm. from winter, fall on your roof, and uh, very important to keep them maintained. Um, even though it doesn't rain often here in California, when it does, it's usually uh, hard and heavy and moves right on out. So, you know, mm. it's always best to be prepared uh, than not to be. This is a crazy question then, Vince. Should we be maintaining our gutters on our roofs, uh, like, Absolutely. And how? what does that Absolutely. involve? Uh, you call someone, you climb up on your roof, and you just make sure the leaves aren't there or there's no dirt or you just run some water through it? Tell us what you should do. Kind of all of the above. You know, give us a call, Elite Street Metal and Rain Gutters, and, uh, you know, we'll send one of our technicians out there, give you a written proposal, and uh, go from there. Yeah, yeah. But basically, you want to blow all the leaves, debris off the roof, clean the gutters, resecure, uh, resecure them to your house, your building, hmm. uh, reseal the seams, make sure they're pitched adequately towards the downspouts. Hmm. and uh, you're ready for the rains whenever they decide to come pay us a visit. So the ancient Romans, I don't know if you've listened to any of the show, but I'm comparing you to one of the great engineers from 2,000 years ago making aqueducts, 
and trying to figure out <laughs> yeah, trying to figure out the exact pitch, the exact angle so that you can use gravity and harness that energy. How do you figure out what the right angle is for the gutter? You go with it. And in, uh, these days, you know, technology is awesome. Put a level in the gutter and uh, use gravity towards the downspout. Mm. And uh, basically just pitch everything to where you want it to go. You know, there are some instances where you're fighting gravity and need to change some things on the fly, and you just kind of go with it and make the best of it. You work with it. You don't fight it. Do you take the hose and you go and test the flow when you're done with the job? Yeah, we can if requested. Um, you know, we, we've uh, been in business 15 years, never had a callback for an adequate pitch. So, mm. you know, we, we have almost 100% uh, track rate, you know. Mm. And what is new in the world of roofing? Is the material new? Are the nails that you use to affix it to the side of the house? Tell us what's no, involved actually, with putting gutters on. You know, metal roofing has come a long way. Um, it's starting to make its way in California. It happens in different parts of the U.S. And, it, you know, it was mainly used for uh, architectural purposes. Now people are starting to see the benefits um, and, and the longevity out of them. They just look really good. You incorporate a really nice rain gutter system. And uh, you turn your house upside down, it should be able to float. It's, it's really good. It's a one-and-done deal. It's a lifetime guarantee. And uh, like I said, those rain gutters, they, they just, uh, you absolutely need them. You, you, it saves you a bunch of money in the long run. Uh, maintenance is very minimal if you're a do-it-yourselfer. Um, you know, it shouldn't take you that long. Um, just a really good benefit to have for your house. You spend all that money on the inside, your kitchens, your paint, windows, doors. Uh, your fascia just gets destroyed if you don't have rain gutters. It's a really good thing to have. It's very economical. Hmm. Did you grow up here in Southern California, Vince? I did. I did. What high school? Uh, Royal High School out in Simi Valley. Did you play sports? And then uh, I did. A little bit of baseball, uh, some basketball, and uh, baseball my whole life, actually, uh, as a youngster. Dodger fan, Laker fan, what's your team? Of course. Got to stick with the L.A. team. <laughs> well, you're going you're gonna to hear Kobe Bryant's voice because he loved this show doing the promo. And uh, it's really it's, – it's great to see the team now, but, man, do I miss Kobe. What did Kobe mean to you, Vince Perillo? Uh, everything. I mean, he set a good standard on, you know, how to act and behave, you know, on and off the court. Um, he gave back to his community. Um, I, I think that's something maybe society is a little short on these days. Guy did very well. Um, worked his tail off, was very dedicated, loved the sport, loved the fans. Mm. And um, I just said, you know, he sets a good example of, you know, how you should act and then mm. how you should give back and how you can be a big part of the community in a positive way. Mm. And, you know, he, Kobe Bryant, he'll never be replaced. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. All right, let's get back into <laughs> your your expertise. His expertise was teaching us how to work hard and the work ethic. And no matter what you do for a living, we learn from him. Teach us a little bit of what happens when you pull up with your truck to size up someone's house. What are your favorite parts about looking at a house, and what's the where you go, uh-oh, this is going to be a tough job? We've got to give the client what they want. Uh, some people like rain gutters. Uh, other people want to hide them. Other people want to use them as an accent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, really, you've got to see what the customer wants, and you've you got to see what you're working with. You've got to see what the problem areas are as far as, uh, you know, stucco damage, foundation damage, uh, wood rot, any of those issues, mm. and uh, come up with a, a, a tailored plan on how to get this water away from your house and also make it look nice. What is the material made of? It's uh, pre-painted aluminum. So you know, you there's ever different tr- varieties, but... Have you ever but, tried um, plastic? Most, most of the time. No, I don't want plastic. Yeah, it, it's no good. It's no good. It won't hold up here in California. Hmm. Painted aluminum. Down. Do you shape it? Do you cut it? Do you bend it? Do you guys have equipment for that? All the above. Uh, if you don't like something that's extruded, we have over six machines, uh, uh, custom profiles. If there's something uh, you don't like, we can always uh, make it by hand uh, on a sheet metal break. We're also sheet metal contractors. So if you find something on the Internet uh, that you like, you want custom fabricated, we can do that too. How do you affix the gutter to the, the fascia, the side of the house and the roof? With nails with staples, with clips. Tell me about more of the nuts and bolts, no pun intended, of how you do it. You know, way back in the day, it was the big old spikes and ferrules, the big nails that you would see, uh, you know, going through. Nowadays, uh, you know, technology and and people just, you know, uh, investing money and time in how to make these things look better and and last longer. Um, We use a hidden uh, hanger, heavy-duty hidden hanger with a three-inch metal-to-wood 
screw that goes uh, right in the back of your fascia. You don't see any penetrations to the front of your uh, rain gutter. It looks like molding by the time we're done with it. Hmm. All right. What is a big mistake that we make as homeowners with our gutters? You don't do them. You don't do them. Uh, that's the biggest mistake. Uh, a lot of people prolong uh, the installation of the rain gutters. Um, uh, most people are under the impression because it's California, we don't get a lot of rain. Look, it doesn't take much water to ruin a house. Mm. Um, you know, a couple times a year, over five or six years, uh, you're talking big bucks on getting the fascia replaced. Uh, it could splash down. Maybe you have some uh, uh, nice garden bed where the water's splashing up. All that goes to your stucco, and now you got ruined stunk- stucco. Quick fix is to toss a piece of rain gutter up there. Get the water out of there. So I just want to know, the last thing really that I'm fascinated by is the whole idea of the pitch and using the level. Is there, a, is there a, a, a problem where you can actually have too much pitch where the water goes too fast or too little pitch and it goes too slow? Yes, you could have both of those. And then, you know, obviously, if, if you're giving it more pitch than needed, when you, you step back and, and, you know, get the curbside uh, view from the house, if your gutters are at a drastic angle, it's not going to look too nice. Mm. It doesn't take much to get water where you want it to go. Mm. just needs a little bit. Like, you know, like you were saying in the, in the show earlier, uh, you use gravity. It only mm. takes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. You work with gravity, and uh, you're going with it and doing the best you can to get it where you want it to go. Sometimes when you play golf, the golf engineer will make an optical illusion where it will look like, for all intent and purpose, that you better hit the ball because it's going to go down. But what you don't realize is the whole golf course is actually on the side of a mountain that's going up, and it's the opposite. Do you have optical illusions when you line up uh, your gutters sometimes? Absolutely. You know, some of the older homes or even uh, some of the newer track homes, older buildings, uh, the house will settle. Um, you know, you could want your uh, downspout to be on the left side. Once you put the gutter up there and get the level, uh, you know, gravity's telling you, hey, I don't want to go over there. So, you, you know, in essence, you'll be looking at a, a run of rain gutter that's uh, going the opposite way. But once you put the level in there, it's going the way you want to. So, yeah, I mean, all the time you get it. So so stepping back and looking at it, you can sometimes be fooled. You can sometimes have an optical illusion. Absolutely. And it's, it's you know, not, you know, uh, we don't get this question every day, but, you know, there are cases where, you know, you, the homeowner is going, hey, the gutter looks like it's pitched the wrong way. It's going back towards the middle of the house. Mm. You get a ladder out for them or you get the garden hose out. Okay, let's check it out and see what's going on. Mm. And, uh, you know, you explain to them, you know, your house is settling one way. The water needs to go another and uh, we're fighting gravity, so this is kind of what we have to work with. Interesting. So that whole the gutter's going in the right direction, but the house is actually settling in exactly. the other direction. Exactly. Kind of like our golfing skills last weekend. You know, it's, uh... <laughs> have you ever turned a job yeah. down, Vince? I have. I have. Uh, either too far or, uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, the job wasn't tailored to it. When, uh, when we get a job, we do it do it once and uh, bid it to do it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is your home. We, we treat it as it's our home. So we want it to last. Uh, you know, it's, I, I can't stress the importance of getting someone who's uh, qualified, been in the industry for f- a few years and licensed, bonded, and insured. Um, you know, every, everyone can do anything these days. It's, you know, do you want it done right or do you want it done right now? Um, it's really important. Check your CSLB, make sure the, the contractor's licensed, bonded, and in good standings. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all uh, you know important keys for you guys to look out for. Well, Vince, I can't thank you enough, particularly personally, for taking care of me and my barbecue and making sure that the water isn't spilling all over it anymore. How can the listeners? Hey, thank you very. Yeah, it's my Thanks pleasure for having us on the show. I it's... really appreciate it. Our uh, our number is eight seven seven nine eight zero six zero seven zero. Once again, eight six six nine eight zero six zero seven zero. Please reach out to us. And the name That's of the company again. Metal. Elite Sheet Metal, and Rain Gutter Company. Vince, I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. Thanks so much for making time to come on with us. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having us. Have a happy holidays. Okay, God bless you. All right, now you know a little bit about the science behind gravity because you all have to deal with it. I did not realize that the house could settle and go in one direction and the gutter has to go in the opposite direction, and it may look like it's funny, but it actually is the right direction. That's amazing. All right, Warriors, I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. 
get smart? Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar sinai head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. But don't miss my show, Monday morning on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm Big Clap. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. My dad is smiling in heaven knowing that I'm talking about gutters on a roof today. So thank you for indulging me, Weekend Warriors, because it makes me think of my dad and all those tools that I used to help him carry up that ladder to the roof. The number's 877-710-ESPN. The lines are lit up. Let's go to Leo in L.A. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Can you connect me to Leo? Hey, Leo, you there? This is Dr. Clapper. Good morning, Dr. Clapper. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, my pleasure, Leo. How young are you? What do you do for a living? Um, I do two things. I do, uh, during the during the day, I'm an HR person. I do human resources work, and I do a lot of coaching. I coach software coaching uh, for the last 20 years. Oh, wow. What Soccer. Wow, that's awesome. Soccer, who's, yes. Who's your favorite soccer player of all time? Pele? Um, my favorite. I can't hear your reception. Are you driving, Leo? Hello? Hi, I can hear you now, Leo. We lost Leo. Damn. All right, let's take let's take uh, Robert and Carson. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Oh, Dr. Clapper, I really need your help. Oh, no problem, I'm Robert. Avid, <laughs> I'm an avid golfer. Yes. And uh, and, have, and even though I worked 12, 14 hours a day for 44 years after my hitch in the Navy back in the Vietnam War days. Wow. What do you do for a living, but, Robert? I'm retired. In the last uh, about 30 years, I retired from uh, the largest watch company in the world. Oh, wow. Uh, and I uh, had a good career with them. Wow. But now uh, I'm able to play golf on a quite a regular basis at my golf club, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Wow. And... Uh, our our guys and me are the rabbits. Mm-hmm. My buddy and I, just two of us play, we play in about two and a half, two hours and 40 minutes, and we walk. Wow. And if we have three of us, we still play in less than three hours. If there's four of us, we play in all oh, about three hours and 10, 15 minutes. How young are you, Robert? 80. Oh, my God. God bless you. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Now, even though I worked all those long hours for 44 years, I was managed to be club champion a couple different golf clubs many times, and finally won the club champion of champions. Wow! But being an early morning golfer, my hands always freeze up on me. Hmm. It has to be about 60 degrees or better. The first finger that freezes up is my ring finger on my left hand. Hmm. It starts turning white, and uh, then the next thing I know, my other fingers are turning white, and I've used hand warmers, hot hands, you name it. Hmm. And it's not very easy to uh, play golf with frozen hands. Yeah. And usually by about the third hole, my hands are frozen up, mm. even with hand warmers. Mm. Wow. Okay. So, you know, this is a fascinating this subject because the very fact that your hands are not always white, right, means that structurally the pipe has enough blood that's going through it, all right? Okay, so I do have circulation. So you do have circulation, because if you had plaque or you had the source of the trouble as mechanically, it just has too much, here's a clapper vision, there's just too much rust in the galvanized pipe, then when you go to lift the, the faucet in the sink, it just drips, 
That's because the pipe is just not as hollow anymore. It's got a big chunk of rust in there blocking the flow. But that is not the case in your hand, right? Because right now you're talking to me on the phone, and your fingers are pink, right? They are with plenty of blood supply, correct? Uh, Pretty much. My uh, ring finger was white and the knuckle to the end of my finger a while ago. But now? But uh, I've heated the the place up a little bit now, so it has thawed out. So this is what's going on. The difference between your pipe, your artery, capillary, and here's the clapper vision. You have to think of your body and the circulation like a Christmas tree. How appropriate for December. The Christmas tree has a big fat trunk. Then you have branches that come off the big trunk. And then you have those tiny little needles that end up coming off of it. These tiny little capillaries. Well, the big artery is your aorta. The subclavian artery is the pipe, the branch. And then you have the leaves, those tiny little capillaries that are in your fingers. But the pipe itself is hollow, and it's got plenty of room for the blood to go through. Then why would you all of a sudden go to play golf, and they turn white, and you lose the circulation? Because unlike the pipe in your kitchen sink, the pipe of your artery actually has muscle, circular muscle that goes around the pipe. Instead of it being iron or copper, it actually is like a garden hose that can shrink. There are nerve endings that allow these muscles to now go into spasm and make the pipe like it does have a big chunk of rust in the center of it. And yet you can dilate it as well. Now, medication can do that. Or you actually can do surgery, a sympathetic block, if you will, that keeps the blood vessels from going into spasm. So your next step, and I can either send you to a vascular surgeon, and there's a guy at Cedars that I just love. You'll love him as well. His name is Clark Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R. You can look him up at Cedars. Clark Fuller. He's a golfer. He would be a perfect person for you to talk to. And the other person to talk to is a hand specialist who knows everything about the circulation and what could be involved. I would love you to visit with both people. And my favorite hand surgeon at Cedars is David Kulber, K-U-L-B-E-R. Okay, U-L-B-E-R. Yep. Those are two great doctors at Cedars that would be perfect for you. And I think you need to see both. Just as a consult of what do I do with my fingers? The local needles, if you will, expert is the hand surgeon, Culber. But the Christmas tree trunk person is Clark Fuller. Both of these guys would be terrific insight for you of what to do next, whether it's medication or something needs to be released. But uh, we're not getting into surgery, you and me, so fast here. I really first need you to be worked up to have the correct diagnosis, and you always want to try to avoid surgery if you can. But getting the diagnosis is key, and that's what you're going to need, Robert. Okay. So my my first call should be the Cedars-Sinai and get a hold of uh, Dr. Fuller? Yep, that's what you're going to do. And when you call, they'll say he's very busy. You do me a favor, tell him you're Dr. Clapper's cousin, and they'll go, you know, Dr. Clapper has a lot of cousins, <laughs> <laughs> but you have a right to be Dr. Clapper's cousin. Being a weekend warrior, I really appreciate it, Robert. Oh, I love your show. Thank Absolutely you. love it, because sometimes I'm uh, playing golf and don't get to listen to you. <laughs> well, <laughs> My takeoff on Saturday is like, like today. Uh, I'm listening to your show, and well, it's terrific. And you were talking about golf with Ben, uh, ben yep. Crenshaw and so on. Yep. And uh, I, I tend to agree with you with uh, Crenshaw. Uh, Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus weren't too bad either. They weren't too bad. But the man who really, you know, made his name, uh, he only he won two uh, majors. He won two masters. Um, but he made his name as being a scientist, kind of like Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Oh, Dr. Terry Middlecoff. Was Dr. A, Terry Middlecoff. Yes. Yep. Do- Dennis Rodman was a scientist for rebounding a basket. He could care less about shooting and oh, anything yeah. else. He just wanted to do oh, rebounds. That was Ben Crenshaw. And he did. He wanted a putt. I mean, that, that was his science. That was his field. 
Exactly. All right, Robert. Thanks so much, and God bless you. I really appreciate all the years I know you've been listening. Thanks so much, and, and go see those guys. Oh, you bet. Give my regards. I love your show, and I'll keep listening as long as I'm around. <laughs> all right. God, God willing, and the devil don't interfere. Ah, I love it. God, have a great day today. God bless you, Robert. All right, Warriors, too, we'll take a break. The lines are lit up. The number's 877-710-ESPN. And if, Leo, you're still riding around, call back with a better phone so we don't lose you. Um, but I look forward to talking to you. All right, Warriors, coming up next. Man, I got to tell you where that cinnamon bun with gravity of the icing filling all the nooks and crannies. Two places I'm going to tell you the best cinnamon bun in L.A. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly here, Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip. Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Don't miss my show, Mason and Ireland, back Monday at 1, all here on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I have a Beatles wig on. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Dirty water, the Standells. All the lines are lit up, so I better open the clinic ASAP. Let's go to Chris and Camarillo. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Good morning, Dr. Clapper. I listen to you all the time. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 72. I, I transport people for dialysis. Oh, wow. Good for you. And uh, happy you. Uh, belated Hanukkah, too. Oh, thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate it. Where did you grow up? What your father do for a living? Uh, my father passed away when I was really young, so I grew up without a father. Mm. Um, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. No way. What high school? Uh, Monroe. Oh, wow. Did you go to college? UCLA. Oh, wow. 70. So who did you get yeah. to see play for John Wooden? Oh, my God. Uh, everybody. He was. Uh, I actually knew him, so I went to, used to go to breakfast with him, and no that, I got to meet Al Cinder and... Wow! Uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember all the players back then. Walton, all of those players. So your favorite Woodenism? Be quick, but don't hurry. What? What's the? What's the one you love the most? Uh, the one of is is uh, walk slowly, don't go too fast. Yeah, my mine is make every day your masterpiece. That's it. I get up and in the, the morning. The other one is uh, yeah? be the best you can be. Yeah. That's all you can do. That's success. That you know you gave it your best. That's all. That all, yeah, all that I, matters. That's fantastic. I said that to him. I go, well, how do you know you did the best? And he said, if you have to question yourself, you didn't do it. Ah, <laughs> I love it. All right, what you do to yourself? How can I help you, Chris? Well, I've got a problem with my right knee. Yes. It's been going on for about two months. Okay. Um, it just all of a sudden started hurting for no reason. Mm-hmm. And it got progressively worse, and sometimes when I sleep, it's like it's in a clamp. I went to the doctor, and uh, I was told that I have water on the knee, and just from looking at it, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then they sent me for x-rays. I went to x-rays. They said that I have uh, the beginning of arthritis Mm -hmm. and some calcium deposits are are forming. And they uh, prescribed... Uh, I think it's called a noxifillin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it's a painkiller. Right. But um, nothing seems to be changing it. One day, it's not too bad. The next day, I, I can hardly walk. It hurts so bad. So my question is... Don't let uh, them give you a shot. No cortisone, no stem no, they, cell, they no they PRP. They already offered cortisone shots, and I told them no. That's right. You're a good weekend warrior. You're a good student of the game, Chris. Thank you. Now, if you know what? You'll win the prize for today if you want. You live in Camarillo. It would mean coming down to Cedars. 
But if you want me to help take care of you, it will be my pleasure. There's a book I wrote with Lindy Yui called Heal Your Knees. You should get a copy because I okay. need you to learn what it is that you look for on an x-ray to decide that there's arthritis. The joint space is narrowed. You see subchondral cysts. You see the density of the bone increase. We call it sclerosis. These are the things mm-hmm. that you start, osteophytes, bone spurs. You may not even need an MRI if your x-ray is that impressive, but how do you treat it? Well, you don't have to run to surgery right away, and I certainly wouldn't, and sticking needles in is not the answer. Can you do pool exercises and a bike? But mostly, I would need to feel your knee, to see the range of motion, to see the deformity. Just because you have arthritis doesn't mean you need an operation. There's a, you can go on the website, my website, and you'll see a woman your age riding a bike the day after I did an implant in her knee, you know, riding around the very next day. I don't want you to be scared of surgery, but I also want you to respect that we're going to do everything first to avoid it. So you're in an information gathering point. When you call my office, they may give you an appointment for three, four months. You tell Arnie I said you won the prize and you can come see me whenever you want. All right? Great. All right. I'll Are look, you at Cedars? I'm at Cedars, across the street, right there at Cedars. You can look my name yeah, up in the phone number. You call. When they pick up the phone, you say, I said you can come right away. All right? My son and my grandson were born in Cedars. There you go. So you you just put the car in cruise control. You'll end up right at my office. Yeah, you know, good to know I converted to Judaism 35 years ago. Oh, we got a lot to talk about when I meet you in person. Because yeah. I'm a Jewish guy. Hello, and all I do is. I ever did. All, all I, I'm a Jewish guy. All I do is sculpt Jesus and Mary in marble. Can you imagine? So there you go. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to meeting you in person. I go to your person. favorite donut place. Ah, uh, you better go say hi to Sue and tell her I sent yeah. you. Because guess what? That's the reveal. You've just yeah. revealed my favorite cinnamon bun is Good Time Donuts up in Ventura. How she pours yeah, that icing on top of those stuff. cinnamon. Oh, my God. And the place on the west side, when you come to visit me... You're going to go to the farmer's market because inside the farmer's market is Bob's Donuts, and they make a killer cinnamon bun with the icing and gravity floating all around it. So good time donuts in Ventura, Bob's Donuts here in the farmer's market. And thanks so much for checking in, Chris, and I look forward to helping you. We'll get you through this, I promise. One question. In the meantime, is there something I can do? Yes, ice, 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 just like Vanilla Ice said. Ice, 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 baby. Okay, because I've been using, like, hot and cold No, coffee. hot will make it swell more. Use ice. Okay, perfect. See you soon, Thank Chris. You so much, and uh, I my, will definitely be seeing you. My pleasure. Can't wait. All right, quickly, let's take another call. Let's go to John in Eagle Rock. You're near my favorite restaurants over there, John, particularly Casa Bianca. Oh, really? Where is it? Which one? Casa Bianca. Oh, yeah, I love it. That's right. Good um, pizza. My mouth Eat is pasta. My mouth is watering already just talking to you. I only just because it says Eagle Rock on the lines mm-hmm. there. <laughs> it's, an, it's an Eagle Rock staple. It's been oh, there forever. God, it's, it's so good. So how can I, what do you, how young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm uh, 48. I uh, do inspections for FEMA. Oh, wow. Just damage. Where'd you grow up? What'd your father do for a living? I grew up in Texas and Oklahoma. My dad uh, worked in uh, oil. Wow. Oil company. And when did you he come went to around, L.A.? I guess he just he tested the wells and whatnot. When did you come to L.A.? Uh, about 20 years ago. Nice. And to Eagle Rock, you lucky guy. I'm just so jealous. That's fantastic. All <laughs> right, what you do to yourself? How can I help you? Uh, my shoulder. I think I slept on it wrong, or maybe it's due to lifting weights, mm-hmm. but uh, the range of motion just isn't there. And uh, At some point, there was a point where I would reach for things, and there's a sharp, excruciating pain. Just right. When I reached too far, it was excruciating. I had to stop what I was doing, just freeze, and just wait for it to, to go away. Are you a righty or a lefty? A uh, righty. And I which, sleep on my right side as well. And it's your right shoulder. Life. And it's your right shoulder. Yeah. All right, I need you to yep. do me a favor. Number one, do not let them talk you into a cortisone shot, stem cells, or any cockamamie needles into your shoulder, all right? Okay. Number two, this week I want you to demand from your doctor to get an MRI of your shoulder. You don't need dye injected. You just need a regular MRI. I'm going to give you the pleasure of next week at 730. So you got a whole week to get an MRI if you want to do this 
Get a report of the MRI, and you can call in next week, and you'll have it in front of you, and I will translate the findings with Clapper Vision so you'll understand exactly what to do for your shoulder. How's that? Sounds good. So don't let them get an MRI this week sometime. You you go in there and say, I already got a second opinion from who? Who'd you get a second opinion from? You'll tell him, Dr. Clapper, I got a second opinion. (laughs) He says I need an MRI. That's what you're going to do on Monday. You're going to make it happen. And then you'll call in here and I will tell you exactly what to do for your shoulder. Because this broken system is going to send you to therapy and all kinds of other cockamamie things. First, we need a diagnosis. Then I'll be able to tell you what to do. Okay. All right, Thank young you, man. Dr. Clapper. Appreciate My pleasure. It. My pleasure. Listen, you're a total stranger to me. I need you to find a total stranger today. You do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Will do. All Thank right. you. God Appreciate bless it. you. All right, before I close out the show, and the other line, uh, callers on the line, call 730 next week, and I promise I'll take you guys. Uh, but this part of the show, I need the listeners. All of you, the Weekend Warrior Nation, we are in the midst of a tremendous blood shortage. And I would love all of you to call to call this number and come to Cedars and donate blood. You, we really need it. It's one of the biggest shortages we've ever had. So the phone number is 310-423-4170. And I have a surprise for you. When you do come to Cedars to donate blood, You're going to see something there that you, particularly as a weekend warrior, will really get a kick kick out of. Because there's a sculpture that I carved out of Carrara marble, out of Michelangelo's stone. And it sits there in the lobby when you sign up to donate blood at Cedars. And I need you to touch it. It's a 600-pound block of stone. And it's a man in a dream. You see his eyes closed with one eyebrow lifted because he sees something in his dream. You as a weekend warrior will really appreciate, you know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, and the world of surgery. But it's one thing to hear it each Saturday for 11 years, but you'll actually get to see and touch one of the sculptures I've made. That'll be a treat for you, trust me. And when you sign up, when they say, how'd you know to come to Cedars to donate blood? here in the blood bank, you'll say, Dr. Clapper sent me. The number's 310-423-4170. We need you. We need you to donate blood. It's truly the gift of life. Now let's talk about next week. Next week, my guest is Tyler Andrews. This guy is special. It's one thing to climb a mountain 8,000 meters, Mount Everest, base camp, the Himalayas. But it's another thing to actually run up a mountain. This is Tyler Andrews' love in life. And he's about to run, not just hike or walk, run and set a record to climb the largest mountain in the Americas. It's in South America. There's a Mount Everest mountain down there, and he's going to run it up in record time. What exactly is going on? I'm thinking already about... In art, in sports, in surgery, this endurance approach. What is it about mountains that calls you? John Muir used to say, I quote him, I have a shirt that actually says this. I must go. The mountains are calling me. It's just like me in the ocean as a surfer. They call you can't wait to talk to him about it until then i leave you with volari which means i'm singing and i'm flying which you and i do each and every saturday for 11 years until then i'll see you on the radio